Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. gets the glory out of our praise. Your praise is meaningful. Your praise will still the avenger. It'll silence the enemy in your life. You're not just making, making noise. You're giving a victory shout and sounding an alarm in the camp to let the enemy know that you are not trying to get victory. You already have the victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're not trying to get victory. Every fight, every battle you go into, you're coming from the victory. You already have the victory. That's why you can say hallelujah anyhow. That's what we just said back in the day, hallelujah anyhow. I see what you're doing, devil, but hallelujah anyhow. I feel you coming at me, but hallelujah Anyhow, things ain't, ain't it, don't, it don't look like I wanted to look, but hallelujah, anyhow, because I already know that in Him I already have the victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Man, that wasn't that powerful? Wasn't that powerful? Hallelujah. Man, I'm just really at a loss of words. I'm trying to pull up the words to describe uh, how joyful I am uh, today to be standing before you celebrating 20 years in ministry. Amen. To look out and see your wonderful, beautiful faces celebrating with us. I mean, from the moment they opened service, all these, you know, our praise team, y'all didn't know those songs, did you? You never heard those. You hadn't heard those on Spotify, anything like that. Those are all original songs that they've written. Amen. Earlier this year, I challenged them. I said, hey, there's music on the inside of you all. Write your music. Now, you can sing other people's music. I'm not, I'm not being a stickler for that. I'm not saying you can't sing other people's music. But there's something God gives the people in this house that because of the revelation that flows in this house, there are songs that's all up in you. Remember, there are people who've left this church still singing songs that they wrote 
while they were in this house because the revelation just it sticks with you. You can't you y'all I don't care what you do, you can't you can't leave the revelation. It's, it's on the inside of you. And that revelation will carry you, man, a long ways. And so I'm extremely, if you allow this, very, very proud of our praise worship team for those songs that they wrote and they're ministering. How many, how many do y'all have so far? About 10 songs they've written because we're, we're, we're working on an album. We're not just going to sing it. We're going we're gonna to do an album. That prophetic word was spoken over this house years ago about worshiping arts in this house. And so we're believe, we're going we're gonna to put our, put our hands to the plow. And so uh, I told him, go and start singing those songs. That way you all know them. So when it's time to record the live album, we can sing it with them. We're going to do that. And I think we're going to set a goal for next year. Let's, let's do that. Because they already have 10 written. I might slip a couple songs in there or something like that. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then give another big hand for our choir, mass choir. Their debut ministry, I, I don't like to call it performance, their debut uh, ministry uh, to the Lord and mixed with young, some young kids and some of the older ones, some of the ones who, I uh, saw some Patricia up there, boy. Went, Come on, girl. She's going to pull somebody out. All the internesters off the bench, too. I, I know Sister Gary can sing. I, she's trying to hide that. Yes, yeah, yeah. She can sing. She can sing. Sister Kathy back there, I know she can sing, too. Praise the Lord, I know. Now, I'm not going to start calling names of y'all, but why he didn't call my name? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Over here. They trying to raise their hands over there. I'm going to look over here. Praise God. Well, let's get into the word of God this morning. If you open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. Man, didn't we have a blast last night? Was that off the chain or what? We got some prizes we're going to give away today too. Now, some of y'all came here like, man, what they got all them lights up there for? This, what kind of church is that? Well, we had lights last night. We rented lights for the weekend. And since they're paid for, we just... for the whole weekend. So I'm going to use them. Turn, don't, don't even turn them off until it's time that we can, church be done everything, just leaving things on. When I was younger, we, we'd, uh, you know, if I was going to be in a wedding or something, or you know, to go whatever, and you rent a tuxedo and you had to rent it for the weekend back in that day. And so we, I wear my tuxedo on Saturday, Sunday morning. I'm in a tuxedo, man. I paid for that tuxedo. Man. I'm going to wear this thing twice. And everybody in the room was doing, doing the same thing. So, so excuse us for using our lights more than once. Praise God. Praise God. All right, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 10. If you have that, say amen. Okay, let's read together. Ready, read. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while perfect, established, strengthen and 
settle you. So it says, after you have suffered a while, I know we don't like to talk about that. I don't intend to teach suffering. I want to talk about what comes afterwards. It says, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Today, I want to just use this very simple two-word subject. Don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what you're thinking about right now. You're on the brink of making a bad decision. I'm telling you, this is not the time to quit. So, because after you suffer a while, he's going to perfect you, establish you, strengthen, and settle you. Father, thank you today for the word that we're about to receive. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing upon uh, me and upon this word and upon your people. I thank you, Father, that they are positioned and ready. Hearts are open. Ears are open. Eyes are open to receive your word. Speak, Lord, for your servants we hear and we intend to obey. Encourage our hearts from your word today, Father. Thank you that your word will build us up. We give you praise in advance for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right. Praise God. So, 20 years we're celebrating today. Officially, we turned 20 years old as a ministry on this past Thursday, November, November the 1st, 2018. We started November 1st, 1998 in the uh, living room of Deacon, or at that time, brother and sister Robert and Pauline Lemon. Will you all, you two, please stand up, Robert and Pauline Lemon. Come on, give them a big hand of applause. I am, and this ministry is so grateful to you because you opened your home to us. I remember we come there early in the morning in uh, you all's living room and uh, little Robert is Robert Jr. now. Uh, he's Rob. Rob now he's a grown man. Back then he'd come downstairs in his little pajamas and with some pencils that he was beating on the, t- on the back of the chairs. That was our drummer. And uh, we didn't have a keyboard in the music but he was our drummer. We were singing songs, hymns of the Lord back then and and uh, people came along remember Mac and Annie came along uh, y'all were there in the living room right I remember that because Mac served as an usher <laughs> and and the front door of the house you walk right into the church hey good morning we was greeting and everything I mean we did it from the very jump in the living room like we were you know in a cathedral that's just how we did it amen but I remember those days when it, when it was nobody in that cathedral I, I remember days uh, in fact, uh, we were Robin and Pauline. I remember one day, y'all, I think y'all had gone out of town and y'all had left your family reunion. Yeah. And most, most of the church was their family. So when they left, it was that was it. <laughs> so I remember one day I go in there and somehow y'all let us get in the house, whatever. And um, there was nobody there. It was just me and I, my brother and uh, one other person. And I was like, man, this is not working out. But on the inside, what I heard was, don't quit. I remember as we moved from their living room, we moved to a place uh, over on Burlington Avenue North, the uh, Dwight H. Jones Community Center, Recreation Center, over there in in Jamestown. And uh, we got in there, and we just began to grow and flourish. Man, people began to come in, just come in and come in. And one day we went there, and the lady who was running the place put us out. She said, I ain't going to let no jack-leg preacher keep preaching here. Jack-leg preacher? 
I'm coming here every Sunday setting up t chairs, setting up drums, setting up speakers and keyboards. I mean, back and forth, everything. And Jack Leg Preacher, put, they put us out. We're paying the rent, doing everything. Put us out. Put us out. And you know when that happens inside, you want to quit. But on the inside. The vision. On the inside, all of you all were there. And so... I couldn't quit. Hallelujah. We left there and went, found this little place on First Avenue North, right over there by the, across from the police station. And uh, we said, all right, the man, they're going to rent us the room and the, the building. And so we're going to go in there and we started working on it. Remember that? We, man, we start working, fixing the place all up and everything. All of a sudden, a city uh, code enforcer came in there and said, hey, what are y'all doing? We said, we fixed this place up. We're going we gonna to have church in here. No, you ain't. <laughs> what you mean? No, we, we're not, we're not going to have churches down here. What you mean not going to have churches? He said, you're not zoned. Churches aren't, this area isn't zoned for churches. Well, what's the problem with having church? He said, this is what he said. I remember this guy's name. I'm not, not going to call his name. He said, he said uh, we want bars down here. This is in like 2000, I think it was. We want bars in, down here. We don't want churches here. And you see what they got all down there now. So I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do? We put money in this place. You just feel like quitting. But on the inside, I saw Jonathan. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. <laughs> on the inside, I saw Edward Baker. I saw Akaya on the inside of me. And so the Lord said, don't quit. Don't quit. We moved from there. We finally found us in this little nice little place on First Avenue North, and we almost went through our first church split. <laughs> right in that little old, little old room. I mean, this little old room. This wasn't. And we, I mean, people, it was a civil war in the church already over a wall, man. <laughs> some, of the, some of them, they, they laugh because they know they were the culprits behind all that. And we went through a lot of stuff. Glory to God. People came and people went. How many of y'all showed up when we were on First Avenue? Some of y'all, all right. Now, there was a lot more that came on First Avenue. They're gone. On the inside, you were like, man, I need to quit. But, no, I couldn't do that. I saw Andre Lambert. Y'all, you hear what I'm saying to you? See, they talk about faith sees. See, and when God's giving you a vision, you don't let what you're, the position you're in, you don't let the condition you're in deter you from that vision. And you have to have enough resolve on the inside of you that no matter what condition you're facing, no matter what position you're in, you're not going to quit. Well, lo and behold, you know the story. We ended up in 2001 purchasing this property. Here we go. Boy, we moving on. Boy, we praise the Lord. We came in here. Boy, we bought this property. And, you know, we financed it. We all in debt and we don't know what we're doing. But praise the Lord. That, that was the level of faith we had. And God worked with the level of faith that, that we had at that time. 
came in here, bought this property, man, and boy, it's all red and everything, red carpet, you know, and then red shag carpet on the wall and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we, the, the church, uh, church group we bought it from, they, you know, they start taking their stuff out. Of, like, we agreed to, you know, that stuff, you know, conveyed with the property. And we come here and stuff is gone. And, man, you're getting upset, but you can't get upset. We're going to keep going. We're going to have church anyhow. And we start building. We start building. Start doing things. Start doing things. And along comes 2012. We're moving along quickly, growing. We, we were known at that time as one of, the, one of the fastest growing churches, especially black churches here in St. Petersburg. We're growing. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. And all of a sudden, wham, within one week, in one week's time, lost the whole worship team, lost the whole evangelistic team, lost the whole small groups team, lost everything. In one week's time. In one week's time. And at that point, I thought, this is for the birds. This pastoring is for the birds. They can have this. I'm going back to barbering. You remember when, when the disciples after Jesus Christ was gone? And they said, man, we're going back to fishing. That good cash money that smells like tonic. And you know Tony smells like the hair tonic. Praise the Lord. And I was, I was so inclined in my soul to want to quit. But I, I saw Christopher McClendon. <laughs> See, I saw your faces. And God, I'm standing right there and this front door is looking outside, trying to, trying to wheel people into this church. Lord, where is everybody? They, I've been abandoned. Everybody's forsaken me. And the Lord said to me, standing right there in that doorway, he said, I will not let you fail. <laughs> oh, I can tell you. I want to tell you that same thing. I don't care what you're dealing with right now. The Lord said he will not let you fail. And if you can get a determination in your heart to keep on going and not quit, it's going to be wonderful on the other side of your through. And so we didn't quit. We kept going. We kept going. That's why I was so amazed sitting there, standing there and watching the praise team minister. Original music. We never had that. Original music. Sit there and watch a choir minister so powerfully. I'm like, God, this is not fair. It's, it's just not fair how you bless us like that. How you have prospered us. How you have restored all that was lost. See, some of y'all, you haven't been here, so you, don't, you, can't, you can't really you know, appreciate what I'm saying, but those of you who've been through the ooh, you've been through the ooh with me? How many of y'all, you've you, you been through the ooh with me? You can appreciate what I'm talking about this morning. When all seemed lost, God has restored everything, and he's taken us higher. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Come on, Glenn, I saw you. Years ago, here, boom, now it's taking us higher. So here we are, 20 years, established. 
I share with you, we were over at Word of Life Fellowship here a couple weeks ago, and I ministered from this point. They're celebrating 20 years as well, uh, the exact same day and time that we started, they started. And I talked to you about how 20 in the Bible is a, is a, a, a depiction or a, a, an indication of something being established. Y'all remember that? I showed you how in Exodus chapter 30, verse 14, how the children of Israel, their young men or no, nobody, nobody, uh, they, they, they were commanded rather to give offerings when they turned 20 years old. The Bible says in Exodus 30, verse 14, everyone included among those who are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering to the Lord. Well, that meant the little kids didn't have to give offering. No, no, no. It meant at 20, you were commanded because by 20, you were considered to be established. We saw in Numbers chapter 1, verse 3, how uh, it says from 20 years old and above, all who are able to go to war in Israel, you and Aaron shall number them by their armies. So you couldn't, you couldn't go to war until you're 20 years old because by 20 years old, you were considered established. We saw even the, the Levitical priesthood in 1 Chronicles 23, verse 27, where it says, for by the last words of David, the Levites, those who served in the household of God, were numbered from 20 years old and above. In other words, you, you could not uh, operate and, and function as a, in the Levitical priesthood. Now, you could come to church. You could, you could do little things, but you couldn't function as a stationed priest until you were 20 years old because at 20 years old, you're considered established. established. Everybody say established. established. Now, this word established, I want to give you some uh, dictionary definition of this word established. Established. <clears throat> It's a transitive verb, the word establish. It means, number one, it means to institute something such as a law permanently by enactment or agreement. To institute something, to put something into uh, a law or put something into effect. Right. Establish. This is what God does with us. Number two, Pastor Kim ministered on this last Sunday. The second definition of establish, are y'all with me? Yes. Means to make firm or stable. She preached on last Sunday, the established heart. Wasn't that good last Sunday? The established heart. And that's really what we need to make sure we have is an established heart. One of the reasons why I couldn't quit was because my heart was established. My soul might have been going crazy, but my heart was established. I might have been feeling, I, I might have even at times got all in my feelings. It's happened to you too. Tell your neighbor, it's happened to you too. You get in your feelings sometimes too. But my heart was established. Number three, here's what established means to introduce, I like this here, and cause to grow and multiply. You, you, might, you ought to write that one down. It means to, to introduce and cause to grow and multiply. In other words, the picture of, of if you were to introduce grass seed in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a land, you, you, or you were to plant flowers in a land, you were to, uh, those of you who had gardens, whatever, you're introducing something to that ground to, and you were causing it to grow and multiply. So to establish something, God is always out to grow and multiply you. Are you hearing me? The Bible talks about, in fact, you can turn to this uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse... Um, Six and seven, a scripture you all know very well, Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us, come on, a child, a child is born unto us, what? And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonder. Come on, 
mighty God. Come on. And now look at verse seven, please. Verse seven says of the increase. So notice when he's announcing Jesus Christ's coming, his first coming, that he's going to establish him in the earth. He is going to introduce him into the earth. But notice it says of the increase of his government. There and peace, there will be what? So God is a God of continual increase. Glory to God. Thank you for how we've grown and multiplied. Thank God that I can look out there and see all of y'all today. And I'm like, praise God. We got a lot of people here today. Thank you, Lord. But this ain't the end. This, this, is, this is not nearly the end. This is, this, is, this is not nearly what I saw. <laughs> Glory to God. God is interested in growing and multiplying this house, and he's interested in growing and multiplying you. Notice what it says here. There will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So God, the God's zeal, God's excitement, God's passion is going to make this happen. So God has planted you here for a reason. The reason he's brought you here into this church is to grow and multiply you. Pastor Kim mentioned it, and she, she's right, and, and, and truthfully, it was my testimonies too. Before, before I, I, the Lord launched me here into this ministry, and before I began to learn faith and begin, and begin to learn the kingdom of God, I was religious too. She was just Baptist, I was just Pentecostal. So we were like two different ends of the spectrum, but we were both religious. Like some of y'all may, may be thinking. But that's not the end God has. So as he's exposed us to some things, now we learn that God wants to grow us and multiply us. How many of y'all could, could, could let God grow you and multiply you? Hallelujah. This is part of his establishment. Number four. Established means to bring into existence. To found, like I'm, I'm, I'm called the founder of this church. To bring about or to effect. In other words, to cause something to happen. So God is a God who wants to establish you. That's why I, I was so blessed when I saw that definition because I thought about how a few weeks ago he sought us on this issue of the birthing time. Yes. How he says he's going to bring us to this time of birth and he's going to cause delivery. So God in this hour for us wants to bring us to a time that we are going to bring forth those things that have been deposited on the inside of us. There are things God showed me 20 years ago that we've not seen yet. But he's going to begin birthing those things now because we have been established. And just like Pastor Kim mentioned Sunday, well, some of y'all may say, well, I haven't been here 20 years. Doesn't matter. You came along at the right point. You get to jump in right here where we are and go with us where God has taken us. Amen. So he wants to he, he, he wants to bring some things about. So there are some dreams that. This year, God will establish in your life. There's some visions this year that God will establish in your life. There's some Isaacs in your, that are in your spirit that God's going to establish this year in your life. There's some businesses that God will establish in your life. There's some albums that God's going to establish in your life. There's some things that God's going to bring out that they've been hidden. But this year, in this time of establishment, he's going to bring those things out in your life. Can you give God a praise for that? Are you ready for number five? Are y'all getting anything so far? This is helping me right here. Number five. Number five. To put on a firm basis to set up 
to put into a favorable. Now I'm copying this right out of the dictionary. This is what it means to get established, to put on a firm basis, to set up. God's ready to set you up. All right, some of y'all understand what that. What in, in the, the picture of this? When you see this, what it means to set up? It would be as if, as if I have, um, you know, I'm a billionaire, right? You see it? Okay. I, I'm a billionaire, and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna set my children up. Right? I'm not one of those fools that saying I'm gonna die and leave, leave my children nothing. No, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So I'm supposed to build something for my children, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna set them up. So when I set them up, I'm putting them into a favorable, favorable position so they don't have to struggle and strain, come on now, and work hard and toil and have to think about and have the pressure of how am I going to make it? Why? Because their father has set them up. This word established means to set you up, to put you into a favorable Oh, I wish y'all could agree with that this morning. That Father God is trying to set you up. He's trying to put you, it reminded me of this, the thing the Lord said to me a few weeks, uh, this has been now some months ago, my wife and I were praying one, one morning and I heard the Lord say, superior financial position. He says, I'm bringing you into a superior financial, and I never heard that phrase before, but I remember that we were praying. He said, I'm bringing you into, into a superior financial position. I wish I had one or two people. Superior financial. When you're, you're in a superior financial position, there's no financial issue that can creep up on you that'll get you all out of sorts. <laughs> you can meet any task. You can do all things through Christ. The anointed one, his anointing that strengthens you. Just for you religious folk, that scripture in, in Philippians 4.13 is a financial scripture. Because in chapter 4, he's talking all about finances from verse 1 all the way through the end. So when he says, you can, I can do all things, he's talking about I can do all things financially. <laughs> Glory to God. I decree that God will put you in a favorable position in your life on this year. I decree that this year, even on your jobs, you're going to be put into a favorable position. Even among your family, you're going to be put into a favorable position. Even in your bodies, it's not going to be any more heartache and sorrow. He's going to put you into a favorable position. In our community, he's going to raise you up to a favorable financial position. A favorable position because now you, are been, you have been established. You are in an established house, in an established ministry, and God has established his word on the inside of your life. Receive that with a hearty amen. Tell your neighbor, God's trying to set you up. I receive. Tell your neighbor, God's trying to set you up. God's trying to set me up. Y'all get that picture? 
see, see, okay, I understand why most of us aren't like that. No, because most of us, the families we, we were in, when our parents moved on, we weren't set up with nothing. But that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, see, and I thought of this other day. See, we, we think about, well, you know, get some life insurance, and then, you know, if I die, damn, people will be set up. Uh, and that's, that's all good and, you know, great to have. But Jesus Christ already died. So because he already died, you've already been set up. I'm in a favorable position. Hallelujah. Number six, let me keep going here. Number six means to make a church, something as such as a church, a national or state institution. It means to give preeminence. Get uh, Colossians 1 15 on the screen, please. Colossians 1 verse 15. I'll show you something here because this is what God. <coughs> Uh, my brother, uh, Superintendent Anderson, preached on Wednesday night, the church is a good place to be. That's a good message. You don't want to be outside of the church. You don't want to be um, flip-flopping out there. You want to, because the church is the best thing going. I didn't get any amens. I said the church is the best thing going. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, everybody... Frantic about Tuesday and who's going to be in office, that's, you know, praise the Lord. But I'm talking about the church is still the best thing going. It, it, if Democrats in office, Republicans in office, Independents in office, the Whig party in office, is not going to make a big difference as far as the church. The church still, if we rise to our place and our position that God has called us to, we will still have authority no matter who's in office. Y'all with me? Church is the best thing going, not Hollywood. Not Wall Street is the best thing going. Now watch this. Colossians 1.15 says, he is the image. This he is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over firstborn over all creation. Verse 16. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. For him. So when I think about Hollywood and all this stuff they do, they're using all that technology, all that stuff for the devil, but it wasn't created for the devil. What's happened, the church has sat back and allowed them to use it. In fact, I'm a, I'm a, matter of fact, we help fund them. Because we'll, we'll pay for their movies. Pay for their concerts, pay for their music. But when it comes to supporting those in the church, we don't, we don't. So then everything is left to them. All right, I better keep going here. Verse, verse 17. Verse 17. I got, I got a ways to go. It says, and he is before all things. And in him, come on, all things consist. Now watch this, verse 18. This is what I want you to catch here. And he, Jesus, 
is the head of the body. Come on. The church. Now the head and the body go together. So if he's the head of the body and we're the body, he's the head, then what he has, we have. What he does, we do. Where he goes, we go. Right? Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, watch this last part, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So Jesus Christ is already established as the king of the universe. And so as a church, we, we need, to, need to know that we are established. Amen. We've been allowing the world to run things, but the world isn't supposed to be running things. We are the church. Everybody say, we are the church. We are the church. Say, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. So if that's the case, then we are to have preeminence in the earth. So God's trying to establish us. Number seven. Last one. Number seven. Mean, it means, established means to put beyond doubt. Settle. To prove. To establish something means to put it beyond doubt. To wipe all the doubt out. You know, in the court of law, if you are, you are a defendant, you can be proven or, or, or judged, rather, not guilty. Right? Because the prosecutor has the responsibility, the impetus to prove you guilty beyond reasonable doubt. So if your defense attorney creates even an ounce of doubt, you're supposed to walk. It doesn't even matter whether you're guilty. If they create an ounce of doubt, you're supposed to walk. The Bible, or this is the dictionary is talking about this word established means to put beyond doubt, to settle, to prove, which means that what God has done for us in 20 years is he's put his goodness, his power, his purpose, his intention beyond doubt. He settled it. I'm talking about for me now in my heart. He's proven to me himself that he alone is God and I don't need the help of any, any, any entity, any organization, any institution. All I need is God's help. I can boldly say he is my helper. I've already been through sickness in my body and now I'm beyond doubt that he's a healer. So I don't care who comes today and preaches that in 2018, God's not a healer anymore, that that's just for the Bible days. Get on, out, get on down the road, kick some rocks down the road because he's already proven to me beyond doubt. Come on, anybody here, else in here? He's proven, now that, that means if I'm beyond doubt, that means the next sickness that tries to come, I don't freak out because I'm already established in his healing. I'm already established in his will. I'm already established in the faith. I'm beyond doubt. God has proven to me that he is a provider. When I couldn't see my way. When the church, I, I was telling Paul the other day, we were talking about how back in the day, I remember, boy, it would be week to week. We just, you know, praise the Lord, praise, pray, we got to pray over that offering, pray that offering, man, pray that thing in. Just, oh my God, so hopefully we can keep the lights on this week. See, some of y'all didn't know. Y'all just, the lights is always on. That's right. We pray. Faith. 
Well, it never came in the waters off. That's right. Faith kept the water on. We had to believe it in all the time. <laughs> I sat down the other day, Thursday in my office. I said, Paulie, this is what we're going to do from now on. From now on, pay everything early. Y'all didn't mean, y'all, y'all didn't, you didn't even catch that. Y'all didn't catch that. See, we were before having to believe God so nothing got cut off. I remember one time we were believing God that, that we didn't have a padlock on the door. Now we're debt free. Don't owe anybody on this planet a dime. So I told her the other day, I said, from now on, as soon as the bill comes in, pay it. You don't, you don't, you don't even need to put it on your calendar. I, was, I told her, I'm, I'm training you on how to operate wealthy. And how to, if you're going to be wealthy, this is how you operate. As soon as the bill comes in, you just pay it. You don't, you don't leave a bill on, on your calendar and have the pressure of, okay, this bill is due in 16 days and all that. That ain't how you, this is a side note, y'all. This is just a little side teacher right here. And you get out, when you start operating in wealth, you get that pressure off yourself. Because the devil will always bombard you with pressure. You trying to sleep at night, he telling you, you know the rent due in about two weeks. You know that payment due in about three days. This, am, I tell, am I telling the truth? So what you do is, when you want to switch your mindset, as soon as the bill comes, just pay it. Instead of allowing anxiety to attack you, you attack anxiety. <laughs> I threw that one in for free. Y'all can have that one. Glory to God. But what God does is he puts things beyond doubt. He ends all the arguments in our hearts once and for all. He does that by manifesting his power in our lives. Now I want you to see something here in Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Hallelujah. It says, as therefore, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. How many of y'all have received Christ Jesus the Lord? It says, so walk in him. How? Rooted. And built up. Everybody say built up. Built up. So I'm going to get to that here in a minute. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Now, I'm not going to try to toot my own horn. I'm just going to tell the truth here. You have been taught well in this house. I'm going to clap for that myself. I'm not saying to be prideful or braggadocious. I'm just telling you it's because I labor enough in the word. I don't, I don't go to no bookstore, go online and download somebody else, somebody's message. I don't do that. And most, most of y'all, matter of fact, I don't know anybody who can say they've heard me preach the same message twice in 20 years. In 20 years, you've never heard me preach the same message twice. Why? Man, this Bible's too big. I could preach the next 700 years and not preach the whole thing. Revelation just keeps on flowing. It keeps on growing. So you've been taught well. So you have, you have been taught, and thank God uh, several years ago, he began to have us uh, be taught in faith. So we've been taught in faith. Now watch again. So you've received Jesus Christ. Then it says rooted and built up in him. 
Now notice you have to get rooted in him first. That's getting that word introduced into your life. Remember number three? And then built up. That's the multiplying and growing in you. And establishing the faith. Now, let's just be honest. Let's be honest. Pastor John, Pastor Kim, we've been teaching this faith for some time now. And some people, not you, but somebody on your row, is still questioning whether what we're saying is right or not. And it's right. Still doubting. It can't be that easy, Pastor. Yeah, how I'm going to do that? If, if I can't do it that way, how I'm going to do this? How I'm going to do that? And Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through because you don't, you know, you're a pastor. Y'all don't have those kind of problems. Right. Remember, I preached a message uh, a few years back called Real Life Faith. You ought to go look for that one called Real Life Faith. I, I talked about preacher world. I'll begin to tell you how, how it is when you live in preacher world. And I've informed some of y'all preacher world, we have publics too. And you have to use your own card in Publix. And Duke Energy, they have an outlet in Preacher World too. And in Preacher World, our kids' feet, aren't, they weren't like the children of Israel who they had one pair of shoes for 40 years. No, no, in, in Preacher World, am I right? In Preacher World, the feet, their feet keep growing, they're still growing. I told, told myself the other day, I said a moment, you know, <laughs> We were going to go out there and cut the yard. Man. And uh, so we, we, we team up to do, take care of the yard work at the house. Yes, and uh, I got a testimony about that, too. I'll tell you. So we're going to do the yard. And uh, he goes out there, cuts the yard all the time. He's been cutting the yard all the time in, like, nice shoes, like Harachis and Kyries and all them kind of, you know, and I'm, I got old shoes. I got, like, holes in them on the top. You know, I've had these shoes probably since. You didn't throw my shoes away, did you? No, oh yeah, those, those gone. No, these, these, these are the next worst ones. I'm cutting the yard, man. This ain't a fashion show, I'm cutting the yard. <laughs> so he cutting these shoes and everything. So I said, man, I tell you what, man, if you want to get your shoes dirty, I said, because uh, he's a baseball player, I said, you better put on some of them, them cleats. <laughs> so he has, he has some old pairs of cleats. So he tried to go put on this, this pair from last year, went and put them on his toes all bent up. I said, man, hey, boy, you, this thing on work, we just, just gonna cut your toes off, man, because <laughs> feet still growing, man. They don't stop. And we don't get a preacher world discount. I have to use my faith the same way you use your faith. So what we've been teaching, we've had to live out ourselves. We don't get a pass because we're preachers. Sickness tries to come against our bodies. Glory to God. But we've learned because we've been establishing the faith how to operate. Then notice the next thing it says. After you've been establishing the faith, then it says abounding in it. So so I want you to notice that abundance comes after being established. Do you see that? You're rooted, built up, established, abounding. Say rooted, rooted. built up, up. established, Established. abounding. Abounding. Rooted, Rooted. built up, up. established, Established. and abounding. abounding. 
that's your progress. Many times people are trying, trying to get to abounding without having been rooted. Roots very shallow like it talks about in Mark 4, Matthew 13 and Luke chapter 8. About that word being cast into that ground and the roots are, you know, don't, don't get very much rooted in themselves. So you first got to be rooted. So that's why we teach the word. That's why you don't get me up here hollering all the time. Ah, ah, ah. Preach, you know, read for 10 minutes and I holler for 40 minutes. No, no, that ain't, because you, you, that ain't going to help you Wednesday. That will not help you on Friday morning when that boss come in there and want to tell you off about how bad a job you're doing and he don't like you because you're black and you don't know inside of yourself who you are in Christ. So you got to be rooted and built up and established, then abounded. Y'all got it? Glory to God. See, I'm not one of the most exciting preachers. These other preachers, man, they get, you know, invitations all over town to preach. I don't get any invitations all like that all the time, but that's all right. I like preaching at home anyway. I like to preach while, while y'all receive the word. Testimony. I was going to tell testimony about cutting the grass. Uh, a few, long, some time ago, I was going to cut my yard and use my edger. And uh, this little spring, I testified about this before, this little spring was missing. And I, I said, all right, Lord. These angels, you got to help me with that. And the angels had taken that spring and placed the spring up in a bush where it wouldn't go anywhere and walked me right to it. Now, y'all like, no, that's just coincidence. No, there's no coincidence. I'm a child of God. I'm in covenant with God. Nothing's lost in the kingdom of God. So Friday, I get ready to go out and I'm going to do the same thing. And I go to, to wind my little weed, weed eating and everything. And the spring's gone again. I'm like, Lord, not again. I said, all right, Holy Spirit, this time, because see, that first time I like was looking, looking, looking. Then I finally prayed. This time I said, I'm going to pray right away. Boom. All right, Holy Spirit, show me where that spring. Now I have a big yard. If y'all, anybody been to my house, I have a huge yard. Huge, front and back. Where do I look on all this yard? To find this spring. I said, all right, Holy Spirit, I need you to take me exactly where this spring is. Angels, you know where the spring is. Put it right there in the place where I can find it. I, I, I mean, it wasn't within three minutes of me praying. Boom, there it is right there. Walk, walk me from, I was in the, back, in the front yard. Walk me to the backyard. I said, there it is right there. So in preacher world, I have to use my faith for everything. But I don't freak out because I've been established. Y'all got it? All right, now. So, everybody say established. established. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. Don't quit. Now, let me, let me give you one more example of, of 20 here. I, I love this one here. In 2 Chronicles 8, I gave this to you when I was at Word of Life. I just want to use this one verse here that'll help you. 2 Chronicles 20. I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles 8. 2 Chronicles 8. I wanted you to see that there's, a, there's an order to everything. There's an order to how we operate. There's an order to how we increase. There's an order to how we grow. And many times we're trying to skip past, rooted, skip past, built up, skip past, established, all the way into abounding. And, and you can't, uh, y'all, while y'all finding that, remember, remember uh, Sunday, last Sunday, Pastor Kim Minister, at the end, the Lord had me give you these instructions on about that thousand dollars. Y'all remember that? And I, I showed you how the soul has to be converted and changed. 
how, I'll just use a thousand as, as an example because most people in, in America can't put their hand on $400. That's a stack, can't put their hand on $400. And I showed how, uh, how you, need to, you need to save $1,000, right? How you have to train yourself to save $1,000. Most people can't do that. Never get to that point. But you gotta train yourself to save $1,000. Then I said, the next step from saving $1,000 in your growth, some people are like, sow it. No, 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 it's to spend it. You would expect a faith preacher to say, sow it. No, it's to spend it. To train yourself to spend $1,000. Now, I wanna add this caveat in here I didn't give you last Sunday. Not the same thousand. I didn't mean for you to save up a thousand, then spend it. No, I mean save up a thousand, then save another thousand, then spend that thousand. Because you can't leave that first thousand. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is important. I don't know how many of y'all were here last Sunday, but that, this is important to your soul development. Because you prosper and you're in health as your soul prospers. And your soul prospers even more when you can say, I have a thousand dollars sitting there. I know this is boring stuff, but most of y'all, if I, if I were to really, really do a real, a real one-on-one survey, most folk in this room couldn't say, I got a thousand dollars to my name. So you save a thousand dollars, then you get another thousand, your next thousand, you got to be ready to spend it. Why spend it before you, before you sow it? Because when you spend it, you get something back in exchange. So your soul is prospering more because I have my thousand that I saved, then I have my thing that I got for a thousand. People try to skip all the way to sowing. But you haven't prospered in sowing. So what happens, you go and you skip and you sow a thousand, now you're mad at a preacher, mad at God, because I don't have my thousand dollars. See, your soul hadn't prospered to that point yet. So don't, don't, let, don't let nobody, you know, finagle you out of your money. So a thousand. You, you ain't never saved a thousand. Don't try to, you ain't never saved it. You're going to be mad. You're going to dig up your seed. See what I'm doing? What, what am I doing? I'm trying to get you rooted and established. So you can abound. <laughs> See? So, so you get rooted, built up, established, and abound. So then you, you, you've saved your thousand. Everybody say, I saved a thousand. Then I say, all right, I'm going to spend a thousand. God, and this, this isn't just willingly spend a thousand. This is God, show me there's something, something I need to buy. I've been holding back on. I, I need to go get something. And it's going to satisfy my soul. Remember, you're building your soul up. So if it's, if it's a television, if it's a new couch, if it's a suit, hat, Pair of shoes, Dwight, you know, you just, uh, just get the whole thing. It's a thousand dollars. Most of you guys in here, if I said go buy a thousand dollars worth of clothes, you, you just panic, you freak out. You boo-boo in your pants. I'm talking about one outfit. Ain't nobody going to do that. But you're going to be a billionaire, right? So when you have that thing now, in particular, if you're wearing that suit or you're driving, whatever, whatever, your soul feels okay. All right. Now you're at the place where you can sow that thousand and not, and not, and not be all weary. 
Because you still got your, your first thousand. You sell that thing that you bought. Now when you've sold, now you've released that seed to go and do some work. Now you're ready to move over into abounding. Because that seed will make you abound. You are instituting something so it can grow and multiply. See, it's a process that we're going through. See, my wife and I, we've been established now in, 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 in this area because we've learned how to save it. And we, part, one of the hardest parts of me was to learn how to spend it. I, I could sow it. It, it, was, it, was, it was a spending, man. I, my wife would tell you, man, I wasn't going to spend nothing. No, no way. No. You know the funny thing about that? Wait, what, what, what you want me, let me tell you your first? <laughs> the funny thing about that was she was, she was the one who, she spent and sold. My wife has always been a sower, just sold like crazy. But she, she'd spend on a, a lot of stuff. I mean, she don't mind going buy a pair of shoes, going buy the board or whatever. But when it came to big ticket items, she freaked out. She would freak out. Oh, a refrigerator. Oh, a stone. Oh, a stone. Stone. Here, think about it. Me, I'm like, we ain't got to do it. We have no choice. Are we going to not refrigerate? I mean, what's our option? Are you in Second Chronicles uh, 8? Let me show you this real quick. Praise God. Come on, Pastor, hurry up. Second Chronicles 8, verse 1. It came to pass at the end of how long? 20 now, 20 years is what? Established, right? In, the, in which Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house. Ha, 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 ha. This is what, what you do. You, you can do this too. This isn't just pastor. This is you. you got, when you build the Lord's house and your own house. Y'all, boy, some of y'all ain't even rejoicing. God will not have you spend everything on his house if he don't do something for your house. That's not how he operates. He's as concerned about your house as he is about his house. He just wants you to get as concerned about his house as you are about your house. In other words, it, this, this is simultaneously going on here. So it came to pass at the end of 20 years in which Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house, verse 2, that the cities which Hiram had given to Solomon, Solomon built them. And he said it settled the children there. So he went from building a house, or we could say a temple and a palace, to now building cities that were given to him. Why were they given to him? He's building God's house. But he couldn't build the cities until he had first built the house. Y'all follow what I'm saying to you? So many times, again, I'm, I'm, I keep messing with, mess with my people. We keep talking stuff about millionaire and billionaire, and we're going we gonna to reach the world, and we're going to go all over Haiti and all that kind of stuff. First, start in Jerusalem. Not little Jerusalem. The Bible says you should be witnesses unto me. First in Jerusalem, that's at home then in Judea, then in Samaria, then to the uttermost parts of the world. So God, he always had people start in and go out. So start where you are and build, 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 build. And as you now are established, 
There's a scripture in Proverbs that says, uh, complete your work in the field, then come home and build your house. In other words, what he was saying was, make, make, sure you got, make sure you're established enough that now you can attend to taking care of the house now. Get, get the field taken care of. In other words, uh, you need to make sure you got your business straight. People who are in business, anybody in business? When you're, what he's saying is in business, reinvest in your business first. Okay. What he's saying is when you're out there in business, you're making profits, don't take all the profit money and go buy stereos for your house. Reinvest in your business, get the business set up first. Once the business is now established, you can go and take care of your house. Boy, the Bible is chock full of principles and wisdom nuggets for us. All right, now, now this is what I want you to see. So once, once Solomon, I don't know how long I've been preaching. It's my anniversary. <laughs> so once you're established, you're ready for expansion. Everybody say expansion. expansion. Now, here's what I want you to hear. Getting established is the most difficult part of the process. This, this is what I want to drive home today. Getting established is the most difficult part. Getting rooted, getting built up, getting established, that's the hardest part. And most people never make it to expansion or increase because they quit in the establishment process. Oh boy. I hope y'all love me when it's over. Getting established is very labor intensive. Very physically labor intensive. It's spiritually labor intensive when you're getting established. Getting established, established challenges every, challenges your faith at every turn. That's what I'm telling you in the last 20 years. My faith was challenged at every turn. Glory to God. That's why I'm so glad that God gave us the word. Because when faith is challenged, you need the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing implied comes by the word of God. So the more I hear this, this word hear the word of God implies the preached word of God. So the more I hear the word of God preached to me, the, the stronger my faith gets and my faith needs to be strong because I'm in the, I'm in the toughest process of the whole thing. Toughest part of the whole process. I was, I was talking to uh, Apostle Derber the other day, who's going to be our, our uh, closeout speaker this coming Sunday, and uh, I was celebrating with them because they, they broke ground on phase two. <laughs> up, up there in Frankfurt, and uh, you know, we've been sowing into that, like uh, every other week I think, is we sow, sow into that, and so we, I'm, I'm, I've been praying right along with them, Lord, I've been praying phase two at the ground myself. So they finally, uh, a few weeks ago, broke ground on phase two, and they started, you know, pouring, uh, digging the footers out, all that kind of good stuff. Y'all, some of y'all know construction like that. It, and so as I was going through, as he was there going through that, he sent me some pictures, and I'm like, man. So I began to ask him, you know, man, you know, what's all going on? He talked, he, so he told me about they got to do this and this and this step and this step, and they got to dig this and pour that and put rebar and do that, that, that. I mean, and he, he, said, he, said, he said, son, he said, I was really just getting frustrated. And he said, I asked God, he said, God, what is up with this? It's like, this is, 
this is man. This is, and he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, Philip, this is the hardest part of the process. Oh, y'all, y'all not catching. Getting that foundation. See, and you know, you don't, you don't know what I thought about that too because I was looking at the pictures that he sent. I thought, and because I saw the fountain, you know, where they poured the footers. And they're working, I mean, they, they, they got to go through, I think, 25 feet of rock up there to get all this stuff done and driving these pilings into the ground, all kind of good stuff. And, and I thought, that what, what's, so, what's so awesome about that is all that hard part that I'm looking at, when the building's going to be built, nobody will ever see that. Y'all missed that. All the rough stuff is the stuff nobody will ever see in the end. All people are going to see is the paint on the walls and the carpet on the floor and all the glass and all the mirrors and all the, all the pomp and circumstance, but they won't know the rough, intense stuff they had to go through just to get a thing poured. And what I'm telling you in your life, that getting established is the hardest part of your process. And when people see your glory at the end of your story, they won't even know all the rough time you had to go through, all the suffering you went through, all the struggle you went through just to get established. See, that, that's why I know, D, many people, they won't appreciate my testimony because they weren't here. And, but I appreciate you being here, but I just, well, if, I could just, if I could take you back to the days. Come on. If I could tear the wall down and show you the footers. I thank God, Barbara, that we got people like you and Pastor Kim writing curriculum, all that kind of stuff now. But back in the day, I was writing curriculum. I'm glad now we got chairs all set up and all that kind of stuff. But back in the day, I was hauling in chairs, hauling out chairs. Back in the day, Pastor Kim, used to, you know, we think of a mom and grandma, and they come here and clean twice a week, and Christopher and everybody cleaning all that kind of stuff. But back in the day, we were cleaning toilets before every service. So I don't want nobody to be mad looking at three-piece suit. Thank you all that. I was in a three-piece suit cleaning toilets. See, but nobody ever knows that because all they see is, wow, look at all that. Look at the lights. Look at all that. But the hard part, nobody even knows about. You see, here's, here's what I said. I said, wow, that's the of the Lord. He said, and this is what I, I'm not, I'm not saying the word of the Lord came to me. This is what I, I, I heard in my, I perceived in my spirit. He said, after the hard part, now the fun begins. You, that's how I felt. I said, what? After the hard part, see, it was fun for me to stand there and listen to it and watch a choir. I said, y'all, get down, get down. Now the fun begins. Now we can have a good time. Now we can fun. Now we can laugh. Now we can relax. Now we can enjoy because the foundation has been laid. We've been rooted. We've been built up. We've been established. And now we're abounding. That's the exact same way it works in your life. You got to put in the work. Now, why? Why do we need the word? Give me Acts, Acts 20, verse 32, please. Acts 20, verse 32. Acts 20, verse 32. So now, watch this, brethren. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Everybody say the word of his grace. Now, I've been teaching on grace. Grace is God's supernatural ability. It's divine enablement. So he said, I commend you to the word of his grace, his enablement, which is able... To what? To what? Rooted. 
built up, established, abounding. Rooted, built up, established, abounding. So the word of his grace, the word of his power is necessary. It is able to build us up. Hallelujah. The reason why I'm standing is because I've been built up in the faith. Glory to God. If I didn't have the word on the inside of me when challenges came, I would have responded out of my soul. I would have responded with things that would have brought more detriment to me, more detriment to this ministry. And we would not be sitting here today celebrating 20 years if I didn't have the word of his grace. That was poured into me. Now watch, watch this. So not only is the word of his grace able to build you up, it will give you an inheritance. Oh, it will give you an inheritance among the brethren. So you go from being built up into receiving your inheritance. Everybody say my inheritance. Now, uh, go to uh, Galatians 4 real quick. Galatians 4. I want to show you something here. Because, because we have an inheritance, right? I said we have an inheritance. Jesus Christ came to give us an inheritance. Right? But why does it say the word of the grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance? If we are to have an inheritance. It's because we need to be built up so we can receive the inheritance. Oh, y'all miss it. I mean, because I know I get the little people complaining about, Pastor, it ain't happening yet. And now, why is this and this? This and this and you know why this ain't? You ain't been built up yet, baby. Yeah, you still on Pacifier and Pablum and, you know, and Similac. I mean, this is also okay. Because see, he, he, he can't, he's a responsible father. You are an heir, you have an inheritance, but you're not positioned to receive it yet until you've been built up. The Bible says an inheritance that's gained hastily, it'll destroy you. So you don't want to receive an inheritance before you're able to receive, to, to, to manage it, to handle it. Right? Okay. You all know in today's world, people who, uh, we call them uh, uh, trust fund babies. Y'all ever heard of trust fund babies? It's, they have parents who are well off and uh, the parents in, in their wills or in their estates, they left the children an inheritance. But what they did was they put the money in the trust fund such, and dictated uh, 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 that, that, that the, the child had to either reach a certain age or a certain status in life before that inheritance would be released to them. They have the inheritance. It is theirs. It belongs to them. But their parents make sure they're ready to receive it. Galatians uh, 4, let, let's do this. Go back, Galatians 3, verse 29. Verse 29. Look at that. Read it with me, please. And if you are Christ, come on. And? All right, how many of y'all belong to Christ? Okay, so if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And you are an heir. Everybody say, I am an heir. I, am an heir. I, have, an I have an inheritance. All right, now go to the next verse, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, please. Galatians 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir 
as long as he is a undeveloped or underdeveloped Christian. Not yet established. Now I went through and showed you these scriptures about established, you had to be 20. <laughs> so as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from, from a slave. Though he is Um, give me that verse in the uh, Amplified. Amplified, please. That's it. Now, what I mean is that as long as the inheritor, the heir, is a child and under age, he does not differ from a slave, although he's the master of all the estate. You are the master of all the estate. You'll get this by Tuesday. You're already the master of all the estate, all the real estate. You're the master of it. You are co-owner of all the real estate on this planet. The, uh, Paul said it, he said, said all things are yours. All things are yours, right? Now watch verse two, verse two. But he is under guardians and administrators or trustees until the date fixed by his father until the time appointed, back in the, in the New King James, until the time that he's appointed by the Father. So although you are already master of all the estate, although you are already an heir and everything is yours, there's a time fixed by the Father, a time appointed by which you actually can receive your inheritance. Now that time is not a chronological time, it's a time where he says you're established. But before you can be established, you got to be rooted, built up, then established, and you can abound. Isaiah 54, I'm almost done here. I'm going to show you something here. Oh, I got I to hurry. I'm way, way behind. Isaiah 54, verse 1. Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labor with child. For more are the children of the, of the desolate than the children of the, of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What is he saying in verse 3? Verse 2, he's saying get established. get established. Why get established? Because verse 3 says, for you shall expand. That's right. Come on. So before you can expand, you have to be established. All right. Now what did I tell you earlier? Now go back to verse 2. Verse 2. In large places of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains, mm -hmm. lengthen, uh, do not spare, lengthen the cords, strengthen your stakes. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have ever uh, put a tent up, especially a large tent. That's hard work. It is hard work. It's hard work. It's the labor intensive part of that. Putting chairs in there is easy, but the hard part is driving those big stakes into the ground. Sledgehammers. Remember doing that back here in the backyard. Bam! Driving stakes into the ground. That's hard. Having to drive through rock. It's hard. But it's what is required for you to be established. Now what would happen if you, on trying to put that tent up, driving your stakes, in the middle of it you quit? You can put a tent up but it's not going to last. <laughs> oh, it won't last. I 
Y'all hear me on this today. Many people never get to the expansion or the fun phase because they don't give enough time for things to get established in their lives. Oh, listen to me very carefully. Many people never get to the fun phase, the expansion phase, the increase, the abounding phase because they don't give enough time for things to get established. If people lack endurance, if people lack loyalty, if people lack faithfulness, they never will build anything worthwhile. How many people do you know who've been on their job at least 20 years? Let me just ask you here, how many of y'all been on your job at least 20 years? So few hands. Now, some, some people have retired. I'm not, I'm not counting the retirees, y'all. You did 35 years and got your watch and all that kind of good stuff. Some of y'all, <laughs> some of you military people, you did 20 years or more in the military, right? How many of y'all retired from the military? All right, thank God for you. Give him a hand. Praise God. Next Sunday is Veterans Day, is that right? Praise the Lord. But most people don't, don't ever do 20 years on a job. So what happens if you don't do 20 years on a job? Guess what? You start over. And you start over. And you start over. And then, well, I had my retirement working. Yeah, well, as, soon, as soon as you left that job, you drew all that 401k money out, you spent it. Now you got to start over. Should I look this way? Yeah, you got to, okay. You got to start over. Well, I don't like that job. I'm going to start over. And never get established. Well, but they don't like me. You don't know that. You're just the newest person on the block. The lowest man on the totem pole. And guess what? If you start over, you're going to be the lowest man on the totem pole there. Yeah, yeah, yes. How many people stay married 20 years today? Y'all quiet. How many people stay married 20 years today? You've been married at least 20 years. Put your hand up. Been married 20, 20 years. Come on, give them a hand. 20 years. Put your hand up high. Now let me ask, put your hand up again, everybody who's been married 20 years. 20, 20 years. 20. Put your hand up. Put your hand up real high. I want y'all to see them. Y'all see them? Anybody who can tell me it's been extremely easy, keep your hand up. Okay. Oh. So, so now nah, see that they, they, they sit next to their partner, so they. It's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. What am I saying? It's never been easy. Most people aren't even surviving the seven year itch. Can we get through the itch? And you know, because. Tamara, I'm helping you right now. This, this, she's our newlywed in the house. See, when you get married, here's the thing. Can I, can I talk to you this a marriage minute? When you get married, the biggest transition people make is going from independent to interdependent. You've been this individual who you got up when you, when you wanted to get up. You went to bed when you wanted to go to bed. You went, you ate what you wanted to eat. You put on what you want. You spent whatever you wanted to spend. You never asked nobody about nothing. You didn't think about nothing. 
and now I get married to this person who I love. But they have an opinion. You have an opinion. Am I talking right? Have you discovered that Chris has an opinion? Already. Now, is his opinion always matching with yours? Sometimes it's different. Isn't that something? Is that strange? Another person has a different opinion than me? Wow, I can't believe that. Wow. And so you go through this, through this transition time of trying to learn this person. I got to learn this person. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She like, really likes flowers. Oh, okay, you don't like flowers. Okay. We went through that. Now she does like flowers again. I'm like, oh, man, I'm trying to keep up. And so you're in this, this time of studying each other, right? Don't, don't, don't ever tell your spouse, I ain't studying you. You better be studying them. I'm studying you to learn you, to know about you, because I want to please you. I want to be happy. I don't want to be all sad in my house and mad in my house and we ain't talking in my house. No cold atmosphere in my house. Anybody got time for that? Right? But I'm, I'm we're, we're, trying, we're trying to jail meld two lives together. And I got news for you, it is not easy. The two shall become one. That's not easy. You're trying to establish something. And so guess what else? You have, we read in, in, in 1 Peter 5, an adversary. Oh. You have an adversary, your spouse. No. You have an adversary, your mother-in-law. No. You have an adversary, your stepchildren. No. No, you have an adversary, the devil. It's the devil who's trying to keep you from getting established because he knows that if two people become one, there's nothing that one person together can't do. If any two of you will agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll be done. And he wants to keep you from ever agreeing on anything. And the natural tendency is, in today's America is, well, it's too rough. I'm out. It's too rough. I'm out. Forget it. Forget it. I ain't really like you anyway. You are lying. Your pants on fire. You liked it up the bot to put a ring on it. See, I'm talking about. I'm, what, what, what's the title of my message here? Tell your neighbor, don't quit. Don't quit. Y'all didn't say that half word. Nothing. Tell your neighbor, I said, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit your job because it's hard. I commit you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. 
Y'all didn't say nothing. His grace will build you up. For you to take over the job. Don't quit on your spouse. Well, Pastor, you talking, you, you've been through a divorce. Yes, that's why I can tell you from that side, don't quit. Don't quit. See, I know now. I know now somebody didn't know then. I'm going to do it because you did it. No, no, no. I'm telling you. Don't quit. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. The man said, don't quit. Yeah, you can quit cable. You can quit cable. You can quit cable. Get, you can get rid of cable if you want to. <laughs> this faith stuff is too hard. Don't quit now. What if Joseph, who God showed him a vision, a dream of greatness, what if when his brothers beat him up and put him in a pit, what if he had quit? What if when they sold him into slavery, because slavery was not what he saw in his mind. What if he had quit as a slave? What if he had quit when he was thrown into prison? What if, what if Joseph had quit? A whole nation would have been lost. But because Joseph didn't quit, that's right. Come on, sir. A nation was saved. You can't afford to quit. Shabang bang. Because you don't never know when it happens. One month away. You might be six weeks away. You might be one day away. Don't quit now. The Bible said, after you have suffered a while. Why are you suffering a while? That adversary? You have an adversary. You have an adversary. You have an adversary. Pastor, I'm going through. Yes, you have an adversary. It said, it said you're going through, and so are all your brother in the world. They're all going through. Tell you that, but you ain't the only one, baby. You ain't the only one who your marriage being attacked. You ain't the only one who your job being attacked. You ain't the only one who your body being attacked. You ain't the only one who your children being attacked. You ain't the only one. Yeah, don't. I don't want to say what she said. Don't quit. <laughs> Can I read two more verses for you? Yes. Two more scriptures? This is so good. I think I've said everything I need to say. Don't, you, know, you, you know how... I, I remember when I, when, I was, when I was young, I was a young teenager. And... Um, uh, a few months ago. And... I had uh, I had quit uh, a job and quit my girlfriend. Oh, you had a quitting week. 
No, not at the same time, but like in the same season. The same season. It wasn't like in the same week. It wasn't like Valentine's, like pre-Valentine's, you know. That, that, that's when you quit your girlfriend, right before Valentine's Day, and you make up like two weeks after. That's how you don't have to buy gifts. I'm just joking, I'm just joking. Okay, I'm just, I was just kidding, I'm just kidding. So, remember I, I quit those two things, and uh, my sister-in-law, uh, Rhonda, who was here the other night, she, she, I was living with my brother and my sister-in-law, I told you all that, and uh, she went to him and said, hey, you need to, need to talk to, talk to uh, Jonathan. And uh, he said, what's up? He said, because he just, he's quitting stuff. And he said, okay. She said, see, it, it'll be a pattern. See, if, if you can easily quit something, before you know it, you'll be quitting everything. And, and so, so he got a hold of me, and, and uh, he, he took me, we went on a fishing trip. Went on a fishing trip. Neither one of us know how to fish, but we weren't there to really fish. We were there. He was there to give me a big brother talk. You know, my, my dad was moved to heaven to give me this big brother talk. Hey, man, you know, you just can't quit everything like that. Well, me, I'm an older teenager. I'm like, this is what we do. I mean, I got my whole life ahead of me. I just, if I don't like it, I just quit. He said, but you, he said, but you can't do that. He said, if you quit these little things all the time, you'll quit the things when they really matter. You'll, you'll start quitting all the time. He said, you can't, you can't win being a quitter. And I took that to heart. I took that to heart. What my, what my big brother said to me about quitting. So I made up in my mind from then on out, I'm not going to quit anything. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not going to quit anything. And I'm telling you, listen to me. Listen to me, especially in this millennial and younger generation. There, there's, a, there's a pattern, a culture of quitting everything. Because the millennial generation and those beyond, below that, they're, they're used to the safety net of their parents. They have a safety net. You know, my dad will take care of me, mom will take care of me. You know, I can, I can just stay with so-and-so. I can do whatever. And they, they just quit everything. I don't, this job too hard. I'm going to quit. And this thing is too hard. I'm going to just quit. And this, this is too hard. This, school is it's just too hard. I'm just going to quit school. Because I can jest, and I can jest, and I can jest. I got plenty of time. It's not about the time. It's about the, 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 the mindset you're building of being a quitter. And a quitter, it doesn't matter how much time you give a quitter, a quitter will never succeed. Because the moment a quitter runs into a wall, they stop. And guess what? Life is filled with walls. You know why? Because you have an adversary, the devil, who goes about as a roaring lion seeking who may devour. So the devil doesn't have to beat you down. He can just get you to quit. Just convince you it's not worth it. Some of you have felt like, I'm done. I think I am. You felt like quitting. Let me encourage you. Give me Hebrews 6, verse 13 through 15, in the message, please. This is just encouragement scripture, and we, we can quit. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Hebrews 6, <laughs> verse 13, in the message says, When God made his promise to Abraham, 
He backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. Verse 14, he said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Now, if you know about Abraham and Sarah, they were old. Nothing was happening. They had the, op the option, opportunity all the time to quit in tw for 25 years. Verse 15, Abraham stuck it out. I like that part. He stuck it out. Tell your neighbor, stick it out. No, can you really encourage them? Like, just grab their hand or something, or punch them in the eye if you have to, and say, stick it out. Oh, no, not me, child. You don't know what he's done. Stick it out. You don't know how she's behaving. Stick it out. You don't know how it is on my job. Stick it out. I'm tired of it. It's been too long. Stick it out. Stick it out. Can, can, can you give it one more year? Can, can, you give it, can you give it one more year? What if Abraham had stuck it out? It took 25 years, ladies and gentlemen. What if he had quit in year two? Year 10? 15. 23. 24. What if he had quit? He stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. Tell you, but don't quit. Psalm 27, last one. I'm telling you, get you're going to get over into your best days. Tell you, your best days are ahead of you. But you got to stick it out for right now. I wish I had some real married folks say it ain't been easy the whole time. It ain't been easy. Stand tall. Come on, Jesus. Shabang bang. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. Watch this. This is, this is the, the psalmist David's declaration. He says, I'm sure now I'm sure now, I'm sure now, I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Verse 14, stay with God, take heart, don't quit. I'll say it again. Say, stay with God, take heart, don't quit. Say it again, stay with God, take heart, don't quit. Because if you don't quit, you'll look, my, my wife and I have said this, boy, I remember, boy, uh, and we, we still do it to this day every once in a while, but I remember we had to do it a whole lot, a whole lot earlier, earlier, is we'd say this statement to each other, the testimony is being made. We look at each other in the roughest of times, babe, the testimony is being made. When we, when we just couldn't figure out how to make it, when we, we had to preach each other, the testimony is being made. Hebrews 11 verse 3 I think talks about that by faith the elders obtain a good report a good testimony so when you're, when you're in that suffering time remember 
testimony is being made. Because when the testimony is, you look back on it. Jeff, you're going to look back one day and say, whoa, boy, that was so funny. Boy, remember those times? It wasn't funny then, boy, but it's funny now. Now, some of you, I understand there are some situations you, you are in that um, as much as it lies within you, you want to live peaceably and do you know, the right thing. But when it involves somebody else, understand. I understand that. But I'm talking about especially when it's just you. This is you, just you. Everything depends on you. Some of you, you started a business and you want to quit. Well, it hadn't been successful, like, you know, whatever, whatever. Don't quit now. You know how long it takes a business to turn a profit? In the, in the secular world I'm talking about. Just, just to, to get established. Some of you, you started college and now you run into a hard class. Now, I did quit one more time. I did. I, I was in college, boy. Now, it wasn't because the class was hard. It's because you're just too doggone early. I don't know what in the world made me sign up for an 8 o'clock a.m. class on a Saturday morning. That was stupid. Saturday at 8 a.m. When I'm a young, a young, 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 young guy. Friday night, just got paid. You don't go to no 8 o'clock class on no Saturday morning. That was just stupid. So I, I did quit that. I ain't gonna lie. I did, I did quit that. But... It wasn't hard. That was just stupid. But I, I, I do have my degree now, so praise the Lord. But um, there's no success in quitting. You can't get established in anything if you quit. Be careful. Balloons just pop out of everywhere. I come, come from nowhere, boy. <laughs> Can you get First Peter five ten up there? Our, our close out scripture here in New King James. He says, after you've suffered a while, you've dealt with the hardship the devil brings against you. He will. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. It means if you don't quit, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. The, the promise hasn't changed. The vision is still sure. And I don't care what happens. If you just stick it out. You are going to get all the way to what God has for you. All the way there. Yes, sir. Some of you, you're going to go back and pick some things up that you had quit. My prayer is that what, what the Lord has said today has encouraged you to go back and pick it up again. It may be that. But for some of you, you are at the brink right now. You're in your mind thinking about quitting something right now. Now I ain't talking about quitting smoking and quitting drinking all that. That's, that's good. I'm talking about but quitting things that you need. Things that, that, that are ordained for your life. Sir. 
you got to get established first. Then the wheels will start, the ground will start turning over. It'll start prospering. My wife and I have been married now 18 years. Two more years, we're here at 20. Whoa, boy. And it wasn't easy her dealing with me. It wasn't easy me dealing with her. She used to tell me, boy, I got a dark side. You don't want to find that side. You don't want to find it. And I ran to that dark side a few times. I was like, oh, snap. Who are you and what did you do with my wife? I did. I did. I won't, I'll let her tell you about what she ran into with me, boy, because I hadn't been an easy person to deal with myself. But we've stuck it out. And you know what? You know what else? If we were ever at odds, y'all didn't know it. Y'all didn't know it. And my mama didn't know it. And my mama didn't know it. My brother didn't know it. My sister, we didn't go tell anybody. You know what? My wife, my wife. And then we didn't know. No. No. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't how you operate. Tell me, you listen to me. That's my girl right there. This is, this is, this is, you don't know. Because we, we made a covenant with God. Not just with each other, it's with God. So when I stand before God, it's going to say, okay, what happened to that covenant, brother? So we got to stick it out. And every year just it got easier, easier. See, it's, now it's fun. We ain't even at 20 yet, but now it's just fun all the time. It's, it's really sometimes it's so, other day, man, I, I'm sitting there Monday praying, sitting my prayer time. I did. I had to send my wife a text. because I'm sitting there praying and I'm crying. I'm in I'm transparent. I'm just, I'm sitting there boo crying. Sitting there in front, of, in front of my pool. My pool the Lord gave me. In my Garden of Eden backyard. Giving God thanks for all the great things he's done for me. And he, he began to, just, I just began to see how wonderful my wife is. I, I just sent her a text. She was out, she was out grocery shopping. And uh, I tell her how wonderful. But that's what I think about her. Some, sometimes we, we, we don't verbalize that with our mouths. Right, right. men? Right. But we can tell them somehow. See, now, what am I saying? I'm saying now we're established to the point where we're just having fun. We're having fun all the time. You'll get there. In your faith, you'll get there. Now we have fun in faith. Our church has fun in faith. When you start in faith, faith is hard. Ain't it? It's hard. I don't believe in God and oh my God, nothing, whatever. But now we're, it's fun in faith because now we know, we know it's going to work out. We know this is going to be good. It's going to turn out exactly the way we planned it. It's going to turn out exactly the way we prayed and asked God for it. It's going to, it's, so it out. it's fun. It's fun. Even when the devil comes, okay, oh, okay we're going to get through it. It's fun now. But we're established because we didn't quit. Amen? I want to pray.
if you're in this room today and you're at a place in any area of your life where you feel like really before you walked in here I'm ready to quit something I want to pray for you for strength and for grace and we'll all pray together for you I'll ask you to do this would you come to this altar stand here with me if I mean just be honest to say yeah I'm ready to quit I'm ready to quit church ready to quit faith ready to quit my marriage ready to quit my job ready to quit school ready to quit this ready to quit that I've had enough and so on and so forth I want to pray for you I want to pray for you don't, don't, be, don't be trying to speculate what is about to quit and none of your business Nobody has to, has to sit here and testify about their individual quitting. This is just, yeah, this is where I need to be. Because what's happened is the devil, our adversary, has been busy. He's been active. He's doing his job. Well, guess what? Today, Father God's doing his job. To grace you and strengthen you for this whatever. Now I'm going to pray here in a minute, but I'm going to give somebody else a chance to be truthful to come on up here to this altar. Not be prideful. Don't worry about what anybody's going to say about you. Yeah, I'll say that. Some of you already quit. You need a restart. Some of you quit on God a long time ago. You don't even go to church, really. I still love God. No, you don't. Don't tell, don't tell God you love me and you don't come to this house. That's like telling mama, mama, I love you and you never go to our house. No, no, you quit. Come on up here. Come on up here. You already quit on a business. You already quit on a dream. You already quit on, you quit on your child. You quit on something. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You had a vision. You had a dream. You had a desire in your heart. You ran into a challenge and you drew back. I don't want you drawing back. God doesn't want you drawing back. Your best days are ahead of you. There's glory on the other side of this whole thing. I know you suffered a little while. I know. You suffered a while. It's not permanent. It's not permanent. I guarantee it's not permanent. You're going to come through this thing, boy. You're going to be better. You're going to be stronger. Than you've ever been before. All right. Now I'm about to pray. I'm about to pray. Now, the implication is by those of you who are sitting in, in the audience, and that's fine. I accept that. Since you're good and you're not, you're already, you're already, you know, where you need to be. I want you to join me praying for these up here. Can we do that? So we're all involved in this. Because what we're going to do, we're going, we're going to add our strength to theirs. So would you stand with me, those of you in the audience, please? I want you to really stretch those hands forth and just begin to pray. People up here, if you pray, if you pray in the Spirit, go ahead and pray in the Spirit because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Romans 8.26 says we don't know what to pray for as we ought to. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered about to pray but 
If somebody else in the audience, you still feel like, hey, you know, I really just need to be up there. Let me, let me just go on up there. We'll, we'll, we'll take you on up here. Come on. I want you up here. I want you up here because we're going to pray strength for you. We're going to pray strength for you. It's not too late. This is just an honest today. That's all. I've been transparent with you. I've, I tell you all my stuff. I don't even make y'all guess. I tell y'all my stuff. I'm not even asking you for your stuff. I'm just saying, let, let me pray for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Y'all step you're closer. Please, closer. Closer. There's people, people that are joining you. Hallelujah. Honey, I want you to come up here and pray. I want you to come pray. Bo, let, let her through right here. Everyone who, who prays, I want you just praying. Come on. Paul said in Romans 1.11, he said, I desire to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you. When Pastor Kim prays, I'm going to come around, I'm going to lay my hands on you. When I lay my hands on you, I'm releasing grace, strength, fortitude, power. I'm releasing into you an impartation. I'm a non-quitter. I have a testimony. I'm established. I'm releasing a grace for establishment on your life. You're going to be established. You're going to be established. <laughs> the devil is a, is, is a sorry cuss. <laughs> he should have never let you make it here today. When I pray, that's going to come into your, into your life. The grace to stick it out. The grace to win. Exceeding grace. More grace than the situation is going to call for. Did you catch that? More grace than the situation will call for. Exceeding grace of God. Father God, we know that you have great plans for our lives. You said plans to prosper us, to give us a future, a hope, to bring us to an expected end, God. God, it feels most days that we've come short of that expected end and we've quit. We've let things slip. We've stopped, God. But right now, to God, today, God, we're returning, God, to the vision, to the plan, to your purpose, God. We know that there's a call that you have for us, Lord, and we're returning. God, you told us in your word that you'd keep us in perfect peace if we'd keep our minds stayed on you. You said that with you. Hallelujah. We trust in you, God. If we trust in God, there is everlasting strength. So we call forth that strength now in Jesus' name to keep going, to keep pressing to have more fortitude God we rely now on that exceeding grace that's available to us God to get everything done you've called us to do God we thank you Father God hallelujah that the enemy has been found and he must return seven times everything he's stolen we 
here, God. We call for it in the name of Jesus, God. We know, God, that you didn't just save us, but you taught us that you've saved us and you've called us, oh God. God, we want today to make that calling and election sure, Lord. Hallelujah. We're not leaving anything on the table. Oh, we know that you place greatness on the inside of us, God. Huh. You even told David that you'd prepare a table before him in the presence of his enemy, God. God, we're not leaving all that you prepared for us on the table for the enemy to devour, God. We're going for all that you've set before us, God. We take our eyes off the enemy and we put our eyes on the prepared table now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God. Oh, God. For marriages that you put together, God. There was a love, there was a passion, there was a desire, there was a longing for that person, God. We're calling that back in the name of Jesus. We won't allow the devil to steal. Hallelujah, what you put together, God. We, you told us in your word that a three-strand cord is not easily broken. So we call you into our homes. We call you into our marriages. We call you into our relationships. God, and we command it to be whole now in Jesus' name. We stay the hand of the enemy off of our families, off of our children, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. It's not your desire, God, that our children, hallelujah, experience brokenness. That they see the example of quitting. Oh, no, God. We're going to step up to the plate. We're going to man up and woman up, God. And we're going to do everything that you called us to be. We call for pride to be laid aside, God. Hallelujah. We don't care how long it's been. We don't care how ugly it's been. We don't care what has been said. God, hallelujah. We wipe the slate clean the same way you wipe the slate clean with us, oh God. We come against, oh God, even slothfulness now in the name of Jesus. That, that thing in us that won't do all that it takes. Oh no, God, we're not those people. We are diligent. Hallelujah. We see things through to the end, oh God. Hallelujah, God, the same way you didn't quit on us, we're not going to quit on you in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that's strengthening each and every one of us right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, giving us power that we didn't know we had before. God, we're calling for the dunamis. We're calling for the exousia. We're calling for you to work through us like you've never worked before, oh God. We're asking you to awaken dreams. Let us dream again, oh God. A few years back, you even said the word about our doodle coming back, God. We're calling for all of it, God, to flow through us. You are a creative God, a wonder-working God. And I know you want to do wonders through each and every one of us, oh God. Oh, but we've quit. But today, God, we stand and said that foul spirit of quitting is off of us in the name of Jesus. We're going to press on in faith. Hallelujah, knowing that the same way Abraham received everything he was promised, God, we're going to receive everything that's been promised to us. All of your promises are yes. And to that end, we say, so be it in our lives. So be it in our lives, oh God. Hallelujah, we love you in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So be it in our lives. Victory, power, strength, hallelujah, fortitude. My God, I don't care if you've caused the mess up. 
No, my God, the slate's wiped clean. Hallelujah. 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 No Receive the victory. Now. No quitting now. Grace. Strength. Power. For this hour. There's no quitting now. Grace. Strength. Power. For this hour. There's no quitting now. Grace. Strength. Power. For this hour. trying to get them really acclimated to swimming. They learn how to swim. We, we, we had to learn this. When you're out there in the water and you're just, all right, I'm in the middle now. Put your head down and kick. How many of y'all swimmers in here? Put your head down and kick. Because to turn around and go back is just as far to go back as it is to go, keep going to the end. 
so I know many of you are saying, Pastor, you don't know what I'm in the middle of right now. I'm in the middle of a mess. I'm in the middle of something nasty. I'm in the middle of something terrible. I know. I understand. It's just as easy to go to the end and keep going as it is to go back. So don't go backwards. Go forward. Go forward. You will look back. I guarantee it. You will look back on, and you have a testimony on your life that no one will be able to steal from you. See, when you come through, nobody can take your testimony. Nobody can take your experience. And I guarantee you, you are, I'm telling you this, you are in an established house, an established ministry with an established man of God. The lady called me a jack leg preacher. That was years ago, jack leg. I remember that. I almost wish I could find that same lady. What you got to say now, Jack? Yeah, she's still alive. Because you put your mouth on a man of God without reason, without cause, especially, especially. See? But I'm telling you, there's a reward. The Bible says don't cast away your confidence for it has a great recompense of reward. Let me tell you this here. Anybody who you've quit something already and it's okay, I quit, it's too late to fix it. Now don't sit here and then let the devil come and bring condemnation and guilt on you and look at you, you loser, you idiot. Look what you did, you could have saved that. Listen, that's water under the bridge. It's a new day. You got a new slate. Okay? So shut the devil up. Shut him up. You hear the voice of God. From now on hereafter, we're going to be successful in everything we do. We're going to go forward. We're not drawing back. And you're going to get your full reward. Did you hear what I said? You're going to get your full reward. You're going to get your full inheritance. You're going to get blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing coming into your life. Y'all receive that today? Well, give God one with a big great hand of praise today if you receive that. worship team another hand today we're done here we just want to 
wrap up a couple things here. Now, don't don't forget, we're going to have a celebratory reception as soon as service is over. Uh, our caterer is already here, ready with food to serve us, so we're going to get to that here in a minute. We want to uh, go back to last night. We had our uh, 2018 EGCC Got Talent Showcase last night. What a great time we had. Enjoying that. And so there are some prizes. We had three categories, and uh, we had voters. I think we had about 157 people who actually voted yes. last night. There were several hundred that watched online. I know uh, Facebook, there were about uh, nearly 400 people watched on uh, Facebook, and uh, I think 100 or so on, on YouTube, and we don't know how many on Roku as of yet. Uh, but people were watching and tuning in and commenting and everything. And uh, where is, where is Shantae? She, she's back in the back. Shabang bang. Last night we had Olivia Anderson who performed last night as a non-competing act. Did a great job. Paul Shell, Pashavel, as Pashel Vale, uh, Cannon and C. She performed on the on the uh, keyboard last night. And then we had um, Shantae close us out with Shabang Bang. That became an instant hit. I told you, y'all will be singing that for the next 72 days. In fact, it was so awesome. One of our partners up in Frankfurt, uh, Pastor Eric Lemon, already put it to music. So I don't, I, that, does, did y'all tell her that yet? Okay. Yeah, he put it to music. And uh, so hopefully she'll get to hear that here. That, you know, it might produce something. That, that single needs to be out. Praise the Lord. But we also had uh, 12 competing acts last night, individual youth, individual adult, and also uh, group act. And uh, so we want to award our prizes for those acts. So we're gonna start with our individual youth prize that this person performed and took 57% of the vote. That person performed a hit song entitled Praise, Mr. Justin White. Also had uh, an adult category, individual adult category, and this person, the, the, the adult category is very, very close, very, very close. I mean, the numbers were very, very close. So this person didn't win by much. They were that close, all four contestants. But one had to outstand them all. Winning with 38% of the vote was Elise Deloach. Hold 
Ayşe Soyu. Y'all can see it? Yeah. All right, so then we had our uh, group prize. <laughs> group prize. And with the groups, it didn't matter what age. In fact, there were some mixed groups up there. That was good. This group won 54% of the vote. Overwhelming. 14 members. <laughs> $200, so um, these are just cars with uh, your names in them because we don't know how y'all want to split that. So we got to work with y'all how you're going to split um, and who gets the actual check because, you know, y'all got to trust somebody to cut everybody in there. <laughs> y'all got it? Yes. Who has a checking account? Y'all got a checking account? Checking account? You, you oh. Y'all do okay. Yeah. What, ain't nothing in there. That's just an envelope. There's something in there, but nothing in there. Congratulations to you guys. Wonderful, powerful, powerful, powerful. Shante, did you hear what I said, Shante, about uh, Pastor Eric? Put some music to your to your your song. He did already. He's gonna be here next weekend. Pastor Durbin's coming in next weekend, and um, uh, Pastor Eric is coming in along with him. And so maybe maybe you have to perform that uh, next Sunday with some music. Shabang bang. We'll see. We'll see. Congratulations to you. We had such a wonderful time. Now, uh, what, what that inspired was uh, some of the adults want to get into a, um, a lip sync battle. So we'll see about that. A flight team lip sync battle. See what y'all come up with. Everybody wants to truck their stuff. But I, I, I tell you what, no, it's just, it's just good to have fun. You know, sometimes people get so, sometimes people in church, they're just too deep. You ever met anybody just too deep? The Bible says that the Lord sits in heaven and laughs. God laughs all the time. And so we as children of God ought to be laughing. Amen? Laughter does the heart good like medicine. And so we got a chance to laugh and relax and enjoy ourselves and let our youth come out, you know, bouncing last night and all that kind of stuff. Brother Kirkland and his group and they, they, everybody did an awesome job. Takina and who else? Uh, Luke came out with his stuff last night. Chris, he on it again this morning. Showing out. Everybody did such a great job, and we are so appreciative uh, for you all. Now listen, this week, we will be in church this week, okay? Our window installation has been moved to the following week, okay? They said, so we're trying to nail them down, so they said the 12th, and so, um, so we will be here Wednesday night, 
Standout Youth is going to happen on Wednesday night, so make sure all the youth are here for that. And then, uh, like I said, Wednesday night we'll be here. Uh, no prayer on Tuesday, okay? We'll start prayer Wednesday morning at 7. All right, so prayer Wednesday morning at 7. Uh, Wednesday night, our midweek service, and then, of course, uh, back for Sunday morning service. Amen? Mass Choir, y'all ought to get a, a song for next week. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Bring one of them back or something, or something, throw something extra. I don't know what you gotta do. Just do whatever you gotta do to uh, hook us up. All right? Thank you. Thank you. Y'all give Paulette Haywood a big hand. I like it. She went old school style. She was like. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We're happy. Uh, we're going to be eating here in a minute. Is everything ready to set up for that? Okay. Well, let's stand. Everybody stand. Let's miss. Yes. Y'all do this all the time. Well, we know that not only is it the church's 20th anniversary, it's also our pastor's 20th anniversary. We heard pretty much about that today. Um, and so, as rightfully so, we want to honor you. Um, there are many of us in here that can attest to and have several testimonies, um, probably one main testimony that attests to the ministry that's on the inside of him and what he allows God to, to do through him. Um, if we can, y'all can have a seat really quick because I'm, I'm going to not be a long time, but. Please don't be a long time. They, I mentioned food already. Okay, I won't. So we're going to look at um, 3 John um, verse, um, chapter 1, verse 4. And I know that this is your heart concerning us. And it says here, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And so if I can encourage you, the sheep, from sheep to sheep, that this should be your aim, if it's your aim to please God and him, is to walk in truth. Because that's all that we get here is the truth. Um, and if we can jump over to Second Chronicles, um, the eighth chapter, and verse two, you hit on this today. Um, but that if we drop down to the bottom of that verse where it says he settled the children of Israel. And so because we are here with an established ministry, an established man of God, now we're being settled through this process. And so I just want to encourage you to stick with it. Like he said, don't quit because we're being settled now. And so I just want to thank you because you revolutionized my life most definitely without a doubt. Praise God. And I bless you for that. Okay, so let's honor our man of God. I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. The easiest way to make me happy is just walk in truth. There's nothing that you can give me that will move me as much as knowing you're walking in the truth. To see your lives change, to see you progress, to see you increase, to see you be settled in the things of God, that's all I need. 
And I'm so grateful for all of you all who have been here the whole way. All of you have come along, along the way. We're just getting going. The fun is about to get going. It's about to get real fun. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for the many uh, new people who have come, in other words, new to the body of Christ, who got born again in this ministry. But also thank God for those who came in and you're already born again, already experienced, already sharpened, because God knows I needed both. I needed both. Because, in fact, the, word, the prophetic word came a few years back that God was going to be sending hands adding hands and so he's been doing that here lately adding hands and so all of you all who, with the callings on your lives I shared this two Wednesday nights ago that this is a ministry of ministries and so whatever God has put inside you is not for that to come here and die it's for that to come here and grow and build and expand for you to fulfill the destiny calling God has put on the inside of you my wife and I are extremely happy to have such a wonderful uh, flock of people. I tell you this, sometimes pastors don't understand. I like being home. I don't have to travel go anywhere. I don't have to go, if I never get invited to preach anywhere in the world, it's not gonna bother me one bit. I enjoy being home with my family, with my family, because I like to watch you. I like to watch you. And, um, Hang on tight. Hang on tight. Because it's about to get crumbs. Somebody holler, so bang, bang. Thank you to our guests for being part of our service. Glad to have you with us today. Pray that God has ministered something to you that will be beneficial to you through this week and through the rest of your lives. Uh, come back and see us. Wednesday night, be great. Next Sunday, Apostle Philip Derber. Sunday morning, 10.30. Sunday evening at 7 p.m. A power-packed time you know. Gifts of the Spirit. Signs, wonders, miracles. All that kind of good stuff pops off. So come here. Bring a load of people with you. Bring two carloads. Let's fill this place up with people who are hungry and thirsty for the Word of God. Need to be healed. Whatever it is. Let's uh, be a blessing. Amen? Amen. TJ, what's up? Good to see you, man. TJ. He's been on the road traveling, man, driving all over the country. The West Coast, thank you for being here, sir. Father, thank you. Again, I, I can't express to you how much I'm thankful for this people that you've given me the pleasure and the privilege of serving. I pray, Father, that God, their lives that have already been changed will shift into another level. I decree blessings upon blessings upon blessings favor and grace on their lives cause them to abound in all things cause them oh God to flourish to flourish to flourish cause them God to excel raise them up to favorable positions in every area of their lives and I decree that they shall be the head and not the tail above only not beneath that God we decree we're building champions and they are champions that these people are kings and priests and they are kings and priests that God we walk in victory we walk in faith all the time God and our lives are mirrors that reflect the image of Christ 
Now bless us in all that we do, Lord, as we leave from this place. Continue to keep us. Bless us and use us for your will and for your glory in the earth, we pray. Now I speak blessing even over the food that we will enjoy. Sanctify and cleanse it. We ask you to give us strength and nourishment in our bodies. Thank you that sickness and disease are far away from us. We walk in divine health. We walk in divine life. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken whatsoever. We thank you for it. We give you praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. We love you. Enjoy. Please exit. Go to your left.